to look with me in your Bibles to the book of 2 Thessalonians to chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians and in chapter 2. And here I'd like to read verses 1 through verse 17. The entirety of this chapter. Our subject, as you might have noticed in your bulletin, is thank God for divine election. How we ought to do that. 2 Thessalonians in chapter 2, and I began in verse 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand, that no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things? And now ye know what withholdeth, that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work, only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but have pleasure in unrighteousness. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth, whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Now, Lord Jesus Christ himself, and God even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation, and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts, establish you in every good word and work. 
mention this before we get to our, our text. In the book of John, and I'm not going to turn there, but in John chapter 6, while Jesus was speaking and he was expounding the doctrine of the sovereignty of God, there were some of his followers said, this is a hard saying. Who can receive it? And then a few verses later in John 6 and in verse 66, we're told many of his disciples turned back and walked no more with him. They could not endure sound doctrine. Peter wrote in 2 Peter 3 and in verse 16, that Paul wrote of some things that are hard to be understood. And he did. Some things that are hard to be understood. I wonder sometimes if the sayings of the Lord are hard because people have preconceived ideas, personal thoughts of how things ought to be. Maybe it's because that they've never been exposed to sound doctrine. And therefore, sound doctrine is a strange thing to them, and it's, it's a hard saying unto them. We know that there are some deep things of God. There are some things I don't know if we'll ever understand in this lifetime or not, but there's so many things that are revealed unto us. And if one would rid themselves of personal ideas and thoughts, things that maybe they've heard others say and believe, and just look to what the Word of God has to say, maybe the sayings would not be so hard. Maybe they would not be so difficult to understand. In our text, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, we have one of the greatest contrasts you'll find in the Word of God. There are many contrasts in the Scriptures, but here is one that I believe is one of the greatest contrasts you'll find in the Word of God. I'm going to read, and I hope you read with me, verse 17 through verse 14 once again. As we read it once again, pay particular attention to the first word of verse 13. But there draws the line, there's the contrast. I began in verse 7 of our text. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. You might just pause there for a moment. 
Why do they perish? Because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. For this cause, God shall send them strong delusions that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness, but. What a great line is drawn here. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth, whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast. Hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts, establish you in every good word and work. I would think, that every true believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, every true Christian, would acknowledge that it's only by the grace of God that they are found in verse 13 and the verses that follow, and it's equally only by the grace of God that they are not found in the verses leading up to verse 13. We ought to be thankful. It's a simple biblical fact that if you experience the grace of God during your lifetime, it is because the grace of God was given unto you before time. Just a simple Biblical fact. If you look over in your Bibles just a little bit to 2 Timothy and in chapter 1. In 2 Timothy and in chapter 1, I began in verse 8, Paul's words to young Timothy. And he said, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner. But be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Verse 9 again, he saved us, and he called us with a holy calling. That act of the grace of God was not according, nor was it in agreement 
to our works, but it was according or in agreement to God's own purpose and grace. And this was given us in our Savior Christ Jesus before the world began. Think about this, if you would. Your salvation, if you're truly saved, is holy of grace, and it was not an afterthought with God. It was purposed by an immutable counsel of God before the world began. God's purpose and grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Our text in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and in verse 13 uses the words from the beginning. From the beginning. Now those words from the beginning does not mean from the beginning of creation. Actually it means right the opposite. It means before creation. You want to get a biblical definition of this, go with me to the book of Proverbs. In the book of Proverbs and in chapter 8, and I'll read here verse 23. Proverbs chapter 8 and in verse 23. I was set up from everlasting from the beginning or ever the earth was. From the beginning. God's purpose and grace was given us in Christ Jesus in eternity before the earth was. Before the earth was. It's a very comforting thought to me that my salvation was not by chance. I've heard some in their denial of the doctrines of grace say, well, I believe everyone has a chance. I'm thankful my salvation was not by chance, but by the purpose of God. God meant to do it. God purposed to do it. Before the creation of the world, God purposed my salvation. He brought it about in time, but he purposed it before the world was. I'm going to read 2 Timothy 1.9 once again, who saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. You remember Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 2 and in verse 8, For by grace are you saved. Well, it was that same grace which was given you in Christ Jesus 
before you ever had an existence except in the mind and purpose of God. The same grace. And the same is true with the love of God for his people. Jeremiah 31.3, I have loved you with an everlasting love, an eternal love. Just as God will not, cannot ever stop loving his people, he never started loving his people, for he's always loved his people. And it is an everlasting love. In our text, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and in verse 13, it is very clear to me that if God has saved you, it is because he sovereignly chose to save you. It's just that simple. He, he sovereignly chose to save you. I've heard Jimmy, Brother Jimmy Davis say, on many different occasions, God has no illegitimate children. He has no unplanned children. Every one of them are on purpose. Every one of them are on purpose. He has chosen you to salvation. I'm going to go just for a moment to verse 14. To the obtaining of the glory of of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here is the ultimate goal of divine election. He saves us in time because he has sovereignly chosen to do so, but the ultimate goal in that is that you would be holy and this obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. What a blessing. What a blessing. It's no wonder to me in verse 13 that Paul said that we are bound to give thanks. We're bound to give thanks. If you look in chapter 1 and in verse 3, you have basically the same wording there. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren. In our text, chapter 2 and in verse 13, but we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren beloved of the Lord. We're bound to give thanks. Focus your attention for a moment on that word bound. Don't just read over. The wording here in the original, this is translated, this word bound, means there is an obligation to do so. We're obligated to thank God for divine election. It is an obligation, which would lead me to the question, have you ever fulfill this obligation and thank God for your election of grace. Have you ever done that? Have you ever thanked God for choosing you 
to salvation. Now follow that with another question. If you have not, why not? Why not? Why not? Thank God for such a blessing as this. Notice in verse 13. The Apostle Paul refers to those to whom he is writing, Brethren, beloved of the Lord. Brethren, beloved of the Lord. Look in 1 Thessalonians, if you would, and in chapter 1. And notice verse 4. Writing to these same people, there he says, knowing, brethren beloved, your election of God. Knowing, brethren beloved, your election of God. How did he know it? Well, it may have been by divine revelation. But what is stated here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 is that there was evidence of their divine election. Verse 4 again, and I'll read that all the way through verse 8. Knowing, brethren beloved, your election of God, you know that word for next can be understood as because, Knowing, brethren beloved, your election of God, because our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sakes, and ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you were examples, examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your face to Godward is spread abroad, so that we need not to speak anything. There was evidence, evidence of their election. In 2 Thessalonians in chapter 2 and in verse 13, just a reminder of 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 4, where he said, Knowing, brethren beloved, your election of God, 2 Thessalonians 2 and in verse 13, we're bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation. But notice the verse did not stop there. The verse did not stop there. Because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit 
and belief of the truth. There simply is no salvation without these two things. It should be very clear to all of us here in verse 13. God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. He not only has chosen you to salvation, He has chosen you to salvation through the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit of God, which always results in belief of the truth. Those two go hand in hand. It's a part of the immutable counsel of God in this matter of election, choosing a people in Christ. He chose us in Him through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Or when you come to that last phrase, and belief of the truth, don't fall into the trap that so many have and limit that phrase to some little pet doctrine they have. Some say, well, you don't preach the truth if you don't preach election. Well, that may be partially true, but I want you to know the truth involves more than the doctrine of election. It is a very broad subject, belief of the truth. It just involves the Word of God. And not just narrow down to just one doctrine. I've known some preachers in my lifetime that were very strong on the doctrines of grace, on the doctrine of election, but were so corrupt in so many other things. Way off on church doctrine, way off on prophecy, way off on so many things. But people will say, he, he preaches the truth. Well, just because he preached the doctrine of election. Don't limit that to just one thing. The belief of the truth, again, I say, is a broad thing. I believe in part of this sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit of God will cause you to believe the truth about yourself, how sinful and depraved you are by nature, how unworthy of even the very notice of God. I believe the belief of the truth will reveal unto you God and His holiness. It'll reveal unto you the righteous standard of God, the moral law that God has set forth. And by that you will feel the condemnation of God. Belief of the truth would certainly point you to Jesus Christ and his effectual work in blood redemption. And again, there's just so much involved in that. Don't ever think verse 13 ends with the word salvation. Through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Notice verse 14, the first word, whereunto. What he has stated in verse 13, and then he draws a conclusion based upon that. He said, whereunto he called you 
by our gospel, whereby this salvation that you were chosen unto, God has also chosen, ordained, the means whereby you will obtain it. The choosing did not cause you to obtain it. It is the foundation of it. You were chosen unto it, but the election did not save you. Jesus saved you. But in verse 14, it says, He called you by our gospel. Verse 13, first of all, sanctification of the Spirit. Belief of the truth. Whereunto he called you by our gospel. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is a vital part of anyone obtaining this glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Read verse 14 carefully. Whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. I preached along this line in a church in another state, and someone came up to me and said, Well, Brother Lee, you believe in gospel regeneration, don't you? I said, Can you even define that term? And they couldn't. Had just went blank. They had heard somebody else use the phrase. I just thought I would just point out their ignorance. Anyone familiar with the Word of God knows what is written in John 6 and verse 63. It is the Spirit that quickeneth. It is the Spirit that quickeneth. That is a biblical truth. Verse 14 is an equal biblical truth. He called you by our gospel. So many today seem to be little the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you were ever called, you were called by the gospel. You were called by the gospel. Somebody somewhere told you the gospel. You heard it. You believed it. Whereunto he called you by our gospel. First Thessalonians in chapter 2 and in verse 12. That you walk worthy of God who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. Tempted to go to Romans 8, it's so easy. The calling of God. God has never chosen any unto salvation that he did not effectually call. He called them by the gospel. Look at verse in our text, 2 Thessalonians 2. 
Verse 13 does not stand by itself as many would like for it to. But there is verse 14. To the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. That comes when he has called you by our gospel. Then I must mention verse 15. And again, the beginning word is therefore. Therefore. Once again, Paul has laid the blessings. And then he encourages them to duty and responsibility. He's chosen you unto salvation, called you by our gospel. Therefore, you have a duty. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or by our epistle. Therefore, you can understand that word therefore in verse 15 to simply mean so then. You have what's stated in verse, verse 13 and verse 14, and then he says, therefore, so then, here's your duty and here's your responsibility. Stand fast. Hold the traditions which ye have been taught. And you might notice this in verse 15. Paul makes no distinction at all between his spoken word and his written word. Both inspired of God. Hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or by our epistle. And Paul closes this with what's written in verse 16 and verse 17, and I'll do the same. He said, Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work.